Welcome to RevMD, a podcast created for healthcare professionals by healthcare professionals. We will share tips on medical billing and coding, as well as workflow optimization to help practices succeed, thrive, and grow revenue. This week, we're going to talk about ways you can assess if your practice is losing money. This is all going to be about accounts receivable. This is just one of those important metrics to follow in your practice and to really understand so you know if you need to make a change. This is also something you should be following at minimum monthly or maybe more frequently with a new billing team or when you're trying to evaluate if everything's going well in your practice or if you're seeing a decrease in revenue. It's important to understand what is accounts receivable, right? So this is actually referring to the outstanding reimbursement that you are owed, that's owed to the practice, whether that financial responsibility is falling to the patient and they owe you money, or whether or not that financial responsibility is falling on the insurance company. And anytime you see mounting accounts receivable, this is going to mean reduced cash flow. So it's important to look at several key metrics. We'll go over a few of those to really understand how your billing is doing when it comes to account receivable. Then you can take a look at these metrics, how to calculate them, tips to improve on them, and go and ask to sit down with your billing team, whether they're in-house or outsourced, and see if they can sit down with you and go over what your data looks like and help identify opportunities that you can improve on. The first metric we'll talk about is called average days in AR. This is essentially the average time that it takes for a service to be paid. Most billing or practice management software will calculate this for you, but just in case, I'll give you a brief example of how to calculate this. The things that you're going to need from a data perspective in order to calculate this has to do with all the charges that you posted, right? So we can pick a period of time, whether that's three months or 12 months, um, but you'll need all of the charges that you posted during that period of time. Then you're going to want to understand, you know, what were you paid? So subtract all the credits that you received um, during that period of time. And then divide that number by the total number of days in the select period. So I know that's complicated on a podcast, so I'll go over that one more time. So essentially, you're going to add all the charges, right, for that period of time, subtract the credits, And then divide that by the total gross charges divided by the days that are within that period. So an example of that is, say you're looking at a 12-month period. Your receivables are $70,000. You have a a balance, a credit that you've uh, received of $10,000. And your total gross charges were $500,000. So the calculation would be, again, total receivables, minus any credit you've been given, divided by your gross charges, divided by the number of days in that period. So that would mean that 70,000 minus 10,000 divided by 600, or excuse me, 500,000 divided by 365 days, because again, we're looking at a full year. So then you can calculate, you know, your average days in AR, which is going to be in that 30th, 30-ish range. So simple calculation, but this can really give you a benchmark to see how your AR is doing. So an AR of less than 35, so 35 days is good, right? So 35 to 50 days in AR is average, and anything greater than 50 days is considered poor. 
It's important to also recognize that if you are sending a lot of patients to collections, that you want to look at that average days of AR with and without subtracting what you've sent to collections, because that may give you some important insights regarding your average days of AR overall, and then that average days of AR where you're actually expecting a payment. It's also important to look at payers separately. So you can look at your patient um, invoices, what, what your patients owe you versus commercial insurance versus government insurance, and even break that down even further into the Aetna's of the world or, seg- or Cigna's so that you can understand, are you having a global issue or are you having issues with specific payers? The average days of AR, again, is an important metric to follow. The other one is called the percent of AR over 90 days. So this has to do with how long it's taking your office to get paid. And that 90-day threshold is an example. You could do 120 days, but there are a lot of benchmarks that are out there around the 90-day mark or the 120-day mark. So the MGMA actually has a benchmark for that percent of AR over 90 days, and they really suggest that that should be under 15%. Again, your billing software should calculate this for you, should spit out a report outlining what's that percent and then breaking that also down by payer. Now, I have seen practices as high as 40, 50, 60% of their AR is over 90 days. And essentially what that means is had that percent been lower, you would have more money in your pocket, right? I mean, makes sense. So it's really important to understand things you can evaluate and implement in order to make sure that that percent of AR over 90 days stays relatively low and that you're trying to get the most of your claims paid within that 30 to 60 day range. Next, we'll talk a little bit about the roles of your staff that can help you improve your AR balances that are due to you. So the first is really just managing rejected claims and denials. It's important to keep rejected claims, obviously, to a minimum, which oftentimes are the result of missing information in the patient chart, in insurance information, patient demographics, or other issues with coding and modifiers that do not pass the clearinghouse. If you can keep these rejection rates down, it's always going to help keep your average days in AR down. The metric to follow for this is called the clean claims rate, and that should ideally be 95% or higher. If not, it's time to look at the process or why they're being rejected to see is this a patient registration issue, is this a coding issue, or is something else going on with your billing process. So the next piece, right, so you've made it through and you have the claim hasn't been rejected the next piece is really managing any denials that come through. And this is where your team's going to need to be Johnny on the spot. You not only have to stay on getting top on getting the information back after you see a denial, really analyzing the reason for the denial, but then you obviously have to correct the claim, resubmit it, and that has to be done without delay. And this is often often you know, uh, if you have staff that aren't familiar with the denial process or get hung up, on the process and aren't being efficient about it, this is where you can have a lot of delay, which can impact not only your AR, but also timely filing. 
The other important piece of this is not only dealing with the claims as they come in and the denials that they come in, but then tracking and trending denial patterns so that you not only correct for immediate issues, but prevent them moving forward. The top reason for denials includes missing information, like I mentioned earlier, and is often the easiest to prevent. So other reasons include duplicate claims or codes that were submitted on the same day by the same provider, or a service that was already adjudicated from another service date or provider for something that's just not covered by the insurance company. The other thing you can oftentimes see is the timely filing period has passed, and therefore they're going to deny the claim. This is another reason why it's so critical to make sure that the office is doing insurance verification and eligibility up front, and that the billers are staying on top of this entire process, including rejections and denials, and resubmitting anything necessary as soon as possible. Once you get through rejections and denials, then it's really critical that your team is also following up with payments that are owed to you so that you don't have any interrupted cash flow. And this may mean getting on the insurances, figuring out why they haven't paid you, staying on top of any missing payments that you haven't seen come through, even though the claim was proved. You just have to be super organized, very meticulous, that all the claims have been documented documented, and that there's an action plan should any claim not be paid within that 30 to 60 day range. This is also important for any patient payments due, right? I mean, it's critical that you have a policy put forth that outlines how you handle patient payments. It's absolutely critical that you collect as much of that information around copays and deductibles before the patient comes into the clinic. And then when the patient comes in, they register, they're paying that before they even get back to see the physician. And even better if you're able to collect the credit card information and keep that on file in a HIPAA compliant uh, EMR software. And even have them sign your policy, your patient policy that says, hey, any balance over 30, 60 days is going to be applied to the credit card. So if you have the credit card information on file and there is a balance, you can give the patient a courtesy call or if it's a small bill, charge it per your patient policy. Again, you have to have a policy in place and you have to have your patient signing that policy but it can be something that can be very beneficial for your workflow. Part of the patient policy also has to be around education. So educating patients is probably one of the number one ways that we can help them partner with us to continue to stay on top of their bills. So things like having them understand copays and deductibles, having them understand that that's their part of their insurance contract. That's their part, their responsibility to pay. It's not you setting those limits. That's actually a limit that's set by their insurance company. The other piece is that when you do have patient bills and you are sending them out, say that's going through an email system, through your EMR, you wanna have an easy pay now button so that it makes it very seamless for them to to pay their bill on time. There are even some great software options out there that will allow you to text the patient, and they can even use a secure portal to pay it almost instantaneously. If you missed it this week, we actually released a sample patient policy regarding this. 
to help practices manage patient expectations, help educate, and make sure that everybody's on the same page when it comes to the practices around patient payments in your office. If you missed that email, shoot me an email at info at nationalrevenueconsulting.com and I'll send you a copy. One of the top qualities of a good billing and AR team is that they are conducting audits, they're analyzing trends, they're providing you with the data to know how things are going, then using that information to change processes if necessary. This will ensure more consistent cash flow and revenue in your practice. So what are things you can do to ensure good processes with your AR team? Number one is making sure that your patient billing and coding information is all accurate and up to date for each patient every time they come into the office for a visit. This should be done at patient registration and can be a 10 second check and can really help prevent rejections and denials. Next is to make sure that your billing team has a task force developed to not just managing the day-to-day billing, but to track and trend the data and help provide suggestions for your team so that they can implement and improve and help you capture more revenue sooner. You just can't improve what you can't see. So the goal is to develop a plan to prevent denials, not just manage them. If possible, using software that catches possible denials before they are submitted can be an extremely helpful tool. If your EMR doesn't offer that, there are some standalone options if you have in-house billing, or if you're looking for an outsourced billing partner, ask if they have those analytic tools on their side so they can help you be more successful. The next thing along those same lines is really optimizing the software that you're using for your billing solution. So if you have an in-house biller or if you have an outsourced biller, really make sure that they know the software, they know how to deal with the analytics, and that they are able to use the tools that are built in to help your practice be more successful. I personally like to have all of my data at my fingertips anytime I want to see it, and that's why I really like some of the cloud-based options that are out there. And I personally want our practices to be able to go in and look and see their data anytime they're curious about how things are going. We also really find it critical to meet with our teams, our practices, at least once a week in the beginning. And if things are going well, we may back off on that. But that really helps us understand the practice workflow and also opportunities for us to increase revenue. Of course, if you want a more hands-off approach, that's totally fine, but at least having the basic understanding of the metrics and a high-level meeting monthly gives you an idea how things are going and if any improvements are needed. Now, last but not least, I also want to share that I think having a mindset that you can succeed in beating the insurance process, getting the revenue you deserve, and running a six- or seven-figure business with the help of the right team and process is key. Many practices lack the technology and staff capacity to manage denials effectively, especially in light of constantly changing regulations and payer rules. Outsourcing revenue cycle management to experts can help increase, especially if the team that you have in-house isn't educated or experienced enough. Last I'll share that I'm a physician advisor at National Revenue Consulting. We have a team of dedicated medical billers and coders and experts who know how to leverage technology so we can work smarter, not harder. We really focus on the data 
and establishing medical billing benchmarks, reducing backlogs, identifying root causes of denials so that we can augment the revenue cycle process. If anyone is needing help, we're always around and would love to work with you. Thanks for joining today. We are starting a movement. If healthcare professionals understand the complexities of medical billing and insurance reimbursement, we can be advocates for our patients and grow our own revenue. If you like this podcast, share it on Facebook and invite others to the Facebook group RevMD. 